0: This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Yarn Love. Visit the shop online at www.shopyarnlove.com. Hi, this is Alana and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining me today for episode 49. I hope that all of you are doing well and enjoying your knitting. I have a really great show in store for you today with lots of new things to share, but before I get started I'd like to first announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway, as I usually do. Everyone who left a comment under the drawing post for episode 48 was entered to win 3 skeins of Blue Sky Alpaca's Mélange provided by Dancing You Yarns along with two patterns from Kirsten Kapoor from Through the Loops. I picked one commenter at random using the online random number generator and I'm happy to announce that the winner is a knitter with the screen name of L Y E-N-G-1-1. So please, when you hear this, get in touch with me so that I can get your shipping address and get this prize mailed on out to you. Thank you to everyone who participated. Okay, on to a knitting update. I do have a few new things to report to you since my last episode. Remember last time when I said that I had five new patterns coming out? Yeah, well... I'm not quite sure that's going to be working out, after all. I did release one pattern last week, and have three more ready, but that fifth pattern? I don't think it's going to make it. Not before Stitches West, anyways. My original design idea just didn't work out. And then, well... My mind went blank for a few days, and I accomplished nothing. And then, just the other night, I was inspired again by a new idea. But by that time, I think it was just too late. Oh well. I tried. I really did. If the pattern does end up working out, I'll probably still do it and release it after stitches. After all, I don't think that this pattern is worth forming ulcers over, or worth staying up all night to finish it, or even nervous breakdown worthy. I'm sure that none of you listening mind that I'll be coming out with four new patterns instead of five, right? I hope so, because I have so much to do to get ready for stitches. It is seriously a lot of work. I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to share a booth with Lisa Sanchez of Becoming Art, and that I don't have to take this on by myself especially since she's had a booth at Stitches before, and she knows the ropes. By the way, if you're planning on attending Stitches West this year, please stop by and visit our booth. We'll be at booth 1136. I'll be there with Lisa, with all of my printed patterns, surrounded by Lisa's beautiful yarns, and we'll even have samples on display as well, so that you can see all of the knits in person. So please, don't be shy come stop by and say hello. I'd love to meet you. So if you follow my blog, you probably noticed that I released one of the four new patterns that I was talking about last week. It's a simple but beautiful cabled cowl pattern called the cream and sugar cowl. This cowl is made up of large cables knit loosely out of a sock weight yarn. The resulting fabric is very fun. It's springy, it's squishy, it's stretchy, and has a lot of texture. And I designed it so that the bottom is slightly wider than the top, so that it lays really nicely on your shoulders, and is very flattering as well. I really like it. The yarn that I used for this pattern sample was Madeline Tosh Tosh Sock in the ginger colorway. This is a beautiful golden brown tonal color that definitely reminds me of the color of coffee or tea. It's so pretty, and the depth of color is just amazing. You just simply cannot go wrong with Madeline Tosh. With springtime approaching, I wanted to create a cowl that was more lightweight. As you know, I already have a heavy duty, warm alpaca cowl for the cold months in my collection called the shawl-colored cowl. So I wanted a spring counterpart, something to keep your neck warm, but also something that you can wear indoors and not be too hot. And I think that this cowl really does the trick. It's also a great use for sock yarn. A few years ago, all I could think about was knitting socks. I was truly obsessed. But now, not so much. I'm not sure why. I'm not against them. I just don't love knitting them quite as much as I used to. And it seems like the past year or so... Sock yarn has been put to other uses and patterns, especially shawlettes. I mean, how many shawlettes have you seen on Ravelry using sock weight yarn? Like a million. And then, of course, Hannah Fetig caused a boom in the fingering weight and lace weight yarn industry when she released her featherweight and whisper cardigans. So here, this cream and sugar cowl is another pattern you can add to the list of non-sock sock yarn projects. It uses approximately 350 yards, so it's a great pattern to pair with that special skein of sock yarn that you've been hiding in your stash. You know, that really special soft one. The other thing that I wanted to mention about this pattern is the fact that the cables are large. If you aren't a big fan of the cable needle, you'll be happy to know that you don't have to use it that often for this project. I found that the project worked up pretty fast. It's easy, so you don't have to pay that much attention to it. Also, I found it really enjoyable to knit fingering weight yarn on a large needle. The stitches moved effortlessly and so quickly. It was really easy. So, if you'd like to check out the pattern, I've posted all of the pictures and additional information on my blog and also on Ravelry. I'll provide a link to the pattern page in this episode's show notes. Like I said earlier, I do have three more patterns ready to release within the next few weeks, so be sure to keep checking the blog for an update. I'll be talking about those patterns in the following episode. But, if that wasn't enough, I also have another little pattern being published in the upcoming spring issue of Knit Circus Magazine, which I'm told will be released tomorrow, February 2nd. In this issue, you will also find an additional surprise for me, so don't forget to check that out. You'll remember I talked about Knit Circus on a previous episode, and how this magazine works is that there are pattern previews and articles published for free, just like Twist Collective, and the pattern collection itself is available for purchase. I'll be giving away a few of the pattern collections from Knit Circus on my blog when the issue is released so please stop by to enter to win. All of the info will be on my blog within the next couple of days. There is just so much happening right now, I can barely keep up. Do you believe me now when I say that I've been really busy? So for this episode, I'm very excited because I have a fun new yarn to share with you. If you haven't yet heard of the company Yarn Love, you should. This is a really great little hand-dyed yarn line with beautiful colorways. The entire tone of this company is very fun and romantic. The owners, Sharon and Katie, are both interested in history and literature, so they decided to use their favorite romantic heroines as inspiration for the yarn line. The names of their yarns that they offer are Elizabeth Bennet, Joan of Arc, Juliet, Marianne Dashwood, Scarlett O'Hara, Cleopatra, Charlotte Bronte, Diana, and Amy March. Katie says that the most popular yarn bases are Elizabeth Bennet and Amy March, giving proof that Jane Austen lovers are taking over the knitting world. The names of the colorways are equally inviting. They choose to name many of their colorways after delectable foods. On their website, you'll find names such as Belgian Chocolate, Champagne, Banana Split, Pumpkin. Now, having delicious names really does make a difference, doesn't it? For me, it really adds decadence to the experience. Katie, one of the owners, was kind enough to contribute a whole bunch of yarn to this episode's drawing giveaway. Seven skeins, to be exact. As I was going through all of these gorgeous skeins, I was immediately struck by the Elizabeth Bennett yarn, before I even knew what it was. It's interesting because Katie said that this is a favorite with Yarn Love in Yarn Love Customers. This is a custom-spun fingering weight yarn made up of superwash merino, bamboo, and silk. It is stunning, and couldn't possibly be more soft. I can totally see what all the fuss is about. Remember just a little while ago when I said that the cream and sugar cowl would be a perfect pattern for a special skein of sock yarn? Well, here's another recommendation for you. Elizabeth Bennett. Seriously. But only you would need two skeins and not one because these are smaller skeins of 195 yards each. Katie has included five of these gorgeous skeins in this episode's drawing prize. Additionally, there is a skein of Amy March, which is a soft DK weight superwash wool, and also Charlotte Bronte worsted, which is a soft and super squishy skein of organic merino. This is quite an amazing prize for sure. As always, I'll be posting all of the drawing details on my blog within the week, so be sure to stop by and enter. So if you'd like to purchase a skein of Yarn Love to try out for yourself, or as a gift for a friend, Yarn Love Yarns are available through several online retailers. One being in Canada, and one in the UK. For those of you who are listening, they may not live in the US. Also. As well, my friend Kate Oates from tottuppers.com provides kits for her patterns out of Yarn Love Yarns, and this yarn matches her projects really well. I'll be providing a link to all of the Yarn Love retailers in the show notes so that you can track down this lovely yarn. Also, there are a few discounts that you can take advantage of. Katie has a couple of sock patterns that she has designed using Yarn Love, and she's offering a 25% discount on them, just for the Never not Knitting listeners. And also, Katie has put together a Yarn Love Overstock Etsy shop, where you may purchase skeins of Yarn Love yarns, also at a 25% off discount. You can find this shop at shopyarnlove.etsy.com. And to receive your 25% off discount in either the Etsy shop or Katie's Ravelry pattern store, just enter the special code NNK25 in the checkout process. There's a place to enter this code both on Ravelry and Etsy. And don't worry, as always, I'll be posting a link to both places so that you know where to go. I invite you to please check out the Yarn Love website to see all of the colorways that are offered and to learn more about each of these yarns. I know you'll love them. So in this episode, as promised, I have another new knitting story to share with you. This time from one of my favorite designers, Gudrun Johnston. You probably recognize Gudrun's name from her blog, The Shetland Trader, as well as her design work that has appeared in Knitty, Knit Scene, and Twist Collective. Most recently, she is known for self-publishing a gorgeous new collection of patterns in the book, The Shetland Trader, Book One. It's all over Ravelry. If you stalk Ravelry like I do, there's no way you could have missed this. Gudrun was kind enough to contribute one of her personal knitting stories to this episode, entitled Knitting Without Fear.
1: In some ways, I feel I was destined to be a knitter. I was, after all, born in the Shetland Islands, among all those sheep and a long tradition of knitting. I even had a mother who designed knitwear, and she clothed my siblings and I in hand-knits from our earliest days. I know I learned the basics of knitting as a youngster, perhaps around the age of nine or ten, and I do have a vague memory of a hideous green vest created at some point during that time. However, that was a brief fling with the needles. And it really wasn't until about six years ago that I returned to this activity and became totally smitten. The event that led to my first knitting in years occurred as we were relocating from Scotland to the U.S. in 2004. My daughter, Maya, had been given a knitted blanket as a baby. She adored this blanket, needing to be with it at all times. She would carefully sniff each corner to find the very best one. I'm not sure how she measured that, but she was quite deliberate about it. We couldn't part her from the blanket for anything. To wash it, we basically had to stealthily tug it away from her while she was sleeping. A dangerous activity, both because she might wake to find us at it, and because she was never happy with the smell of a freshly washed blanket when she woke up. We had some close calls with losing this beloved blanket, but had always managed to recover it somehow. "'until our move over to the US, that is. "'You see, we lost it during our stopover "'at the Reykjavik airport in Iceland. "'I've no idea what happened to it, "'except that what with carrying two young kids, "'various bags and coats, etc., "'we just left it on a bench, never to be seen again.' "'Maya was distraught. "'She was also surprisingly stoic. "'We were all a little sad to be without it.' but I recall being impressed by how reasonable she was in her mourning. She was, of course, able to move on, but it was always in my mind to try and find her something to replace it. Not long after our arrival in Massachusetts, I happened to walk past a yarn store. There, hanging in the window, was a cute little kid's poncho. On an impulse, I strode inside and asked for the yarn, needles and pattern to make the poncho. The lady in the store kindly inquired as to my knitting skills. Did I know how to seam, pick up stitches and work in the round? She asked, as this project would require these techniques. "Aha," uh-huh, I responded rather weakly. Of course I had never done these things. I hadn't even picked up knitting needles in about eighteen years. But, but I was from Shetland. My mother had been a knitwear designer. Did she not hear my accent? It felt like I should know how to do all of these things. Though it didn't make much sense, my pride got in the way a little at that moment. I left the store without asking for help, convincing myself I could manage this alone, and then declaring to my daughter that I was going to knit a poncho for her. Of course, I got home feeling like an idiot and slightly daunted. The pattern was like a foreign language, the terminology new and intimidating, I had no idea how to begin, and all that familial knitting legacy seemed to have faded into some ancestral haze. So, what to do? I couldn't back out. So I went forward in a manner that seemed appropriate. I bought The Idiot's Guide to Knitting. Yes, that was my first knitting book purchase. Seemed apropos at the time. I wrinkled my forehead, frowned, and cursed a bit. And trying not to freak out, I went to work. As I worked my way through the pattern, I was pleasantly surprised to find that things seemed to be coming back to me without too much effort, or at least the basics of knitting and purling. See, it was in my blood after all. The totally new part was the picking up of stitches and knitting in the round. Was I nervous about this? Well, of course. But I was determined not to let my fear get in the way of completing this project. I am so glad that I was able to do that, because within a short amount of time I had indeed finished the promised hand-knit. Astounding! All those scary new instructions weren't so difficult, after all. Seeing Maya's contented little face when I presented her with her new blanket poncho was the most satisfying part of the whole thing. It didn't really matter that I hadn't picked up those stitches in the correct manner, or that my seeming job left something to be desired, because six years later that neckline is still intact. And the poncho is still in use. We're talking about a knitted item that has seen much love from its recipient, and much love from her cats. With that success behind me, I most definitely became an obsessive knitter. Sometimes I can't really believe how much knitting and knitwear design has become a feature of my life. It's with me every day, a constant outlet for my creativity. It's introduced me to so many wonderful people and been so unexpectedly rewarding. So, the moral of my tale? Really, just that one should never look at a knitting pattern with fear. Be bold with trying out new techniques. There will always be somewhere to find out how to execute any new challenge you come across. Not only are there helpful yarn store employees, if you're reasonable enough to ask their advice, but in this day and age of knitting... We have access to a bounty of reference books, YouTube videos, and knitting forums. So go and pick up that project that you set aside because you decided it was beyond your skills. You can finish it, and you'll be a better knitter for it.
0: Thank you again so much for sharing your story with the podcast. Gudrun is such a talented designer. Aren't we glad that she pushed through that poncho and became the knitter she is today? I invite all of you listening to check out Gudrun's design work on her website or on her Ravelry page, where you can find her under her name, Gudrun. Additionally, Gudrun has kindly contributed a copy of the Shetland Trader Book 1 to this episode's drawing prize. I cannot tell you enough what a beautiful publication this is. The designs are wonderful, the layout is gorgeous, and the photos are to die for. Also, she features Usolda Teague as one of her models, and the photography was done by Jared Flood of Brooklyn Tweed. All of the designs were photographed in Shetland, around her parents' house, with the backdrop of beautiful, lush green countryside. I would really just like to step into this book and live in it. The patterns in this book also pair very nicely with the Yarn Love yarns that Katie provided for the drawing giveaway. The skein of Charlotte Bronte and Amy March yarns would be perfect for Gudrun's hat patterns, and the Elizabeth Bennett yarn would be lovely for the shawls. I myself am desperate to make Gudrun's Nori hat. It's a really cute, slouchy hat with stripes of lace, and it looks really easy and quick to make. I guess that all of this design work I'm doing lately makes me long for quick easy projects like this. So go check out this hat on Ravelry. There are already 95 projects listed, and also this hat is the only individual pattern available for purchase on Ravelry from the book. So if you really like it, like I do, you don't have to buy the whole book to get it. You can just buy this one pattern. Only these designers would just slow down a little. I cannot keep up with all these cute patterns, and I'm so overwhelmed by all the things I want to knit. It's a problem. Really, it is. Again, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Knot Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to get in touch with me, please email me at nevernotknitting@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Well, that just about wraps up episode 49. Thank you so much for joining me today, and please join me back on February 15th for episode 50, the final episode of this podcast season. I'll have two special guests joining me and another great giveaway. Until then!
2: She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking from morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband, her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yard in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. Even in the washer and dryer That's why She can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her the bad. I'm filing for divorce She, she just won't stop her stitching her And the neighbors Say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl! The house is burning up in flames. what? Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project. She says, "Just let me finish up this row." She's never not knitting, and it's making. Her husband, mad. her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.